Well, I want to welcome everybody to today's podcast. We are broadcasting from the Way Christian Fellowship in Prestonsburg, Kentucky. Uh, the church is located two tenths of a mile on Route 321 North, two tenths of a mile past the National Guard Armory on Route 321. So when you see the National Guard Armory, keep going on down the road, two tenths of a mile. You'll see a little sign that says Rocky Road. We're right on Rocky Road, uh, just right off the uh, Highway 321. Uh, if you get to the APCO security on Route 321, you've drove past us, so turn around and come back. But we are broadcasting from the church today. We had a wonderful service. But I want to speak to you just a few minutes today on resilience. Uh, resilience, that is the ability to back, to bounce back. Uh, not just to survive as a Christian, but to thrive. And and I can honestly tell you, I have seen times in my Christian life where uh, I wasn't thriving, uh, I was just surviving. But uh, blessed be the name of the Lord, I'm, I'm past that. But there, there, in the future, there may be times where it seems like I'm just surviving. But I want to talk to you once again on the subject of resilience, the ability to bounce back. We're reading out of the... Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, beginning at verse 31. Today's podcast may go about 25, 30 minutes, but I, I believe it'll bless you if you listen to it. But it says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to uh, have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Now notice Jesus didn't deliver him from the trial. He prayed for him through the trial. And he, and this is Peter now, verse 33, he says, And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And he said, speaking of Jesus, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice or three times deny that thou knowest me. You know, uh, there are promises uh, in the Bible, uh, what I call negative promises. Uh, there are promises, uh, uh, I know there's a teaching going around, you know, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, well, it's very well out of balance. You know, maybe if a doctor tells you uh, you've got cancer, which hopefully that won't happen, but let's just pretend it does. Uh, you, you know, you just say, oh, I don't receive that. Well, f- well, friends, in this life, we're going to face situations. It don't matter whether we receive them or not. They're right there in our face. But what I call by a negative promise, but G- like here's what I call a negative promise. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have some tribulation. That's kind of negative. But listen what the next line says. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And Jesus goes on, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You see, that's a, a positive promise. But uh, as Christians, uh, we're going to have good times. We're going to have bad times. But when it comes to trouble, a lot of times it comes basically from two general areas. Number one, it's the trouble that we bring on ourselves Peter is a perfect example of this. Uh, Peter is actually one of my heroes in the Bible. Uh, he was loud mouth, you know, always shooting his mouth off. Uh, people talked about 
you know, Peter uh, uh, got out of the boat to walk on the water, but he sank. But something I like to point out is, yeah, but he did walk on the water. There was 12 disciples and he's the only one that got out of the boat and did walk. Yeah, he panicked when he took his eyes off Jesus and began to sink, but none of the other guys even got out of the boat. So Peter did walk on the water. Yes, he sank. Yes, Jesus rescued him, but he did walk on uh, the water. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I think the apostle Peter gets a, a bad rap sometimes. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, he publicly denied, and even Jesus told him he was going to. He said, before the rooster crows tonight, you're going to deny me three times. Well, you know, the, uh, all Peter did, he verbalized what the other 10, uh, or I should say 11, one uh, forsook him for uh, silver, uh, Judas Iscariot. But the other 10, when it came time at the arrest of Jesus, they all fled uh, uh, Peter just verbalized what they were doing. Uh, they may have not denied him three times, but they ran, which means they denied him. Amen? But another trouble we face as Christians is the trouble that's brought on to us uh, by other people, by mean people, uh, sometimes even people in the church. Hopefully that won't happen, but there's a good chance it will. But some people, some Christians will never experience persecution of any kind uh, I actually have kind of trouble calling them Christians, but because there's no difference between them and uh, someone who doesn't go to church. I mean, you would never know some people are uh, a Christian uh, just simply because of the way they live. They might go to church on Sunday, but the rest of the week, they don't live like they're in church. Amen. But even in the United States right now, we are beginning to suffer what I call a soft persecution. It, you know, uh, nobody's being killed. But I've seen on the news this uh, past week or so, one church had been uh, somewhat vandalized by these pro-abortion advocates who are mad because this church preaches against people that they ought not to kill their children. Now, this shows the, the shape our society is in uh, when people get mad because they said, hey, you won't let us kill our babies. Well, I wonder how that's going to work out for them when they stand before God. And that's really not even what the Supreme Court is trying to do. The Supreme Court is just talking about putting it back into the hands of the individual states and letting them decide what to do. But uh, so uh, uh, when I seen that church, it got somewhat vandalized. One of the first things that went through my mind was, well, finally, the church of Jesus Christ in America is given the world a reason to persecute them. Amen. But I'm going to get back onto the message here. I, I, I hate to admit this, but most of the trouble I have seen as a Christian was my own fault. My own fault. I shot myself right in the foot, if you will. Um, in Psalm 119, the Bible tells us, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And in that same uh, Psalm 119, 105, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, it does not matter how much of the word we have in our heart. If we do not exercise, if we do not utilize the word that is in our heart, we can really get ourselves in a mess. 
you know, to know the word and do the exact opposite. You know, I don't care what the Bible says. I'm going to do what I want to do. Well, let me tell you, when we do that, realize this. It is definitely going to bring trouble on us, but it may be may even bring disaster. Proverbs 19.3 in the New Living Translation says, people ruin their lives by their own sin, and then they're angry at God. And isn't that how we act? We do something dumb, we get ourselves in a mess, and then we get upset at God. God never made us do what we did. Amen? Uh, a lot of people, they'll pray about something. And when it boils right down to it, they have made their decision already. They're just looking for God to put his stamp of approval uh, on what they've already decided they're going to do. But back in the early 90s, I was going through a horrible time. Uh, my daughter had just died from cancer. And to be honest with you, I got myself in a, a, a spiritual mess I did it with my eyes wide open. Uh, and now before I go any further, I want everyone listening to realize something. I never left the church. I never stopped praying. And I never stopped reading my Bible. But I still, because I was so upset over the death of my daughter, I got myself in a mess. Amen? But because of repentance, because of a few good friends, I got myself on, back on the right track. Uh, nowhere does God's word promise life will always be easy. And as Christians, we've got to accept that. Basically, what the Bible promises us is, I mean, there's all kinds of promises, but it promises us that if we come to Jesus, it seals our eternal fate with God. One day we're going to get to go live with God forever. Amen. But it doesn't ever promise us anywhere that life's going to be easy. You'll have good days. You'll have days where it, it seems like heaven on earth, but then you're going to have bad days. Folks, that's just life. But when you got Jesus on your side, it helps you to get through those hard times. But anyway, as I was going through all this, I... One day I just came to my senses. I knew I was the one that was in the wrong. I knew God was my source. I knew that God had a plan for my life. And I knew that even though I was hurting, he would carry me through to eventual victory. Romans 8.28 tells us that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Amen? So, thank goodness, the mess and the trouble I brought on myself because I serve a loving and a forgiving, a merciful heavenly father. My life was put back on track. But let's look at Peter. Let's go back to Peter. Just a few minutes ago, I read where Jesus told Peter, you know, Satan's going to sift you as wheat. Peter looks at Jesus and said, I'm ready to go to prison with you. I'm ready to die with you. Jesus says, Peter, the rooster is not going to crow tonight until you've denied me three times. And still in Luke chapter 22, verse 54, it says, then they took him, speaking of Jesus, and led him and brought him into the high priest house. And Peter followed afar off. Now, once again, I'm going to come to Peter's defense here. 
The other uh, 10 were nowhere to be found. Now remember, Judas has already left the bunch. But the other 10, where were they? They were in hiding. At least Peter was following afar off. Verse 55. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while, another saw him and, and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. So we've got a woman accusing and a man accusing. He's denied him twice already. Verse 59. And about the space of one hour after another confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. In other words, what are you talking about? And immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew, and the Lord, listen to this, and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word, how he had said unto him, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. He, 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 you know, Peter not only broke the Lord's heart, he broke his own heart. Amen. But you know the rest of the story about Peter? Right at 50 days after this incident, remember Jesus said, uh, and uh, he said, I prayed for you that your strength fell not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. 50 days later, this Christ denier, this man who heard Jesus say, that if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my father. And if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the father. This Christ denier, 50 days after this incident, preached a three-minute message. And 3,000 people got saved. His first time up, 3,000 people get saved. You can read about it in Acts chapter 2. But, uh, you know, this was before Pentecost, my next statement, but in this, in the book of Mark, it talks about that uh, uh, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they went to the tomb of Jesus. They was going to uh, anoint him with spices. They get there, the stones rolled back. There's an angel in there. His body's not there. Why? Because he's been resurrected. And the angel looks at the two Marys and says, Fear not or don't be afraid. Go tell his disciples and Peter, he goeth before you into Galilee. That is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. Even though Peter had blown it big time when he said, go tell the disciples and Peter, that was Jesus's way of letting Peter know, hey, you blew it, but you're still in the club. You're still in the gang. I've not kicked you out. You're, you're going to do great things. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, even when we make a mess, Jesus is the messer, cleaner, repper. Amen. We change, but the Bible teaches in Hebrews 13, 8, 
Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. He's merciful. And thank God he's merciful because every one of us would be in a mess if, it, if he weren't merciful. But now, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes trouble's brought on by others. People cause us problems sometimes. Uh, sometimes intentionally, sometimes it's unintentionally. But in, in Isaiah chapter 48, verse 10, the uh, God speaking to uh, his people, he said, I, ref- I have refined thee. He said, but not as silver is refined. I have refined thee in the furnace of affliction. Listen, Jesus told his followers, and here's another one of those negative promises, I call them, to the true followers, the true Christians, he said, you're going to be hated of all uh, men for my name's sake. In 2 Corinthians 1, we read uh, uh, the Apostle Paul and this is a wonderful book to read, 2 Corinthians 1. You're talking about going through some rough times as a Christian. Paul can tell you about it. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, he said, I do, know, I do not want you to be ignorant of the trouble that came on us in Asia, how that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, uh, insomuch that we despaired life itself. I mean, just think about it. They were having such a hard time preaching the gospel in Corinth. Well, he was writing to the Corinthians about all the trouble he'd seen in Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. He said, we were pressed out of measure, above strength, in so much that they despaired. I mean, they despaired life. I mean, that, uh, this is worse than a bad day. I mean, they despaired life. But Paul goes on. He said, we had the sentence of death in ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves but in God that raiseth the dead. Amen. I don't know how many's ever seen the movie called The Hiding Place. I would recommend you to watch it. It's the story of a lady named Corey Tinboom. Uh, that saint is with Jesus now. But she was the daughter of a Dutch clockmaker in Holland during World War II. Well, she and her entire family were thrown into prison into a Ravensbrück concentration camp. Are you ready for their crime, their horrible crime against humanity? They were hiding Jews in the attic of their home from Nazi soldiers, and they got caught. Her parents died in that concentration camp. Her sister died in that concentration camp. Somehow, Corey Ten Boom survived. She endured as seeing him who is invisible. Somehow, when they threw her into Ravensbrook, somehow she managed to smuggle a Bible into the, uh, that prison. And in the women's barracks, every chance, those women would gather around and they'd have to be very quiet. But Corey would read the Bible to them, Corey Ten Boom. And one of the favorite verses that they found strength in was Romans chapter eight, verse nine. And what it says is, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famineness or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword? Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him 
that loved us. Now, I'm getting ready to close. <laughs> Roy, how do I, as a Christian, uh, do more than survive? I, I want to thrive as a Christian. Uh, uh, speaking for myself, I want to be a resilient Christian, that, that person that bounces back. Because, listen, folks, we're all going to face some struggles in this life. Uh, if you're going through good times now, praise the Lord for that. But eventually, hard times will come your way. But when they come, you know, the Bible says, in everything, give thanks. Uh, uh, one of the first times the apostles took a beating, uh, they rejoiced that they were found worthy uh, to, uh, to suffer shame for the name of Christ. But I want to say it again. I want to be that resilient Christian. And, and we all should say, I want to be that man or woman of God who bounces back. Well, how do I do it? Well, number one, as Christians, we can learn from unpleasant experiences that come our way. You know, hey, Jesus, did I do the right thing? Did I say the right thing? Uh, what, uh, what did I do wrong here? Uh, how can I better uh, uh, represent you uh, when I'm going through a trial? Another thing we can do as Christians is develop a godly self-esteem. A Develop a godly self-esteem. Realize that as Christians, we are accepted in the beloved. Listen, friend, I'm not going to heaven because of anything I've done other than repent. Jesus paid for my ticket into heaven. He paid a bill he did not owe. I owed a bill I could not pay. That's why Jesus came. Develop a solidly, a godly self-esteem. Realize, God, I'm not where I should be, but I'm going to hang on to you to, until you get me to the other side. And realize this, maybe you're not where you should be with Christ, but are you better off than you were a year ago? Keep moving forward. I heard one brother uh, say it like this, when you get to the end of your rope, tie a knot in it and hang on. Amen. Number three, the capacity to be resilient. Resilient. The capacity to be like this does not depend on our strength. It depends on his strength. Listen what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians again, chapter 12, verse 7. And he said, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing, this messenger of Satan, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he saith unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Did you hear what he said? Jesus told Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength, Jesus' strength, is made perfect in your weakness. Listen to what Paul said. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 
Therefore, I take pleasure. Listen to this, therefore. When you see the word therefore, try to figure out what it's there for. It's going to tell you what it's there for. Listen to what Paul said. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Paul basically said, I'm going to glory in my weakness. For when I am weak, he is strong. Our ability to bounce back, the only thing it depends on us is us latching on to Jesus and hanging on. 2 Corinthians 14 Four seventeen tells us our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far and exceeding eternal weight and glory. Once again, how do I become a resilient Christian? Learn from our unpleasant experiences. Develop a godly self-esteem. Number three, Realize the capacity to recover is not in us. It's in us relying on his strength. And last but not least, as Christians learn to laugh, a merry heart doeth good like medicine. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Do you know what just laughing. Uh, the, uh, the people I hang out with, we, every one of us, to some extent, have a sense of humor. We have a good time. Uh, that's why we hang out with each other. Learn to laugh. Learn to laugh. Uh, the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Learn to laugh. It is like medicine. I mean, when you're laughing and enjoying life, it 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 is that it gives us that extra burst of energy uh, to to go on to take that extra step. With that, I close, Lord Jesus. I have uh, uh, shared your word. Uh, hopefully, I was a blessing. Lord Jesus, to whomever listens to this podcast, I pray that you would bless them, that you would strengthen them in the inner man. And Jesus, just uh, we can never thank you enough for all the wonderful things you have done for that. For us, uh, forgive us where we have failed you and help us to keep pressing on. Help us to rely on your strength not on ours. Amen.